I don't know. I don't think Jack needs an introduction. This is Jack Willis. Oh. Amen. Wow. <laughs> I don't need an introduction. Whoa. I want to move over here so I can actually see people. Hey. Actually preaching down the middle aisle of the church. How's everybody doing? Wow. Man, everybody, full? Is that what you said? Full. Oh, wow. Yeah, hot dogs will do it. That's for sure. A good hot dog and a cookie, you're on your way. All you need is some uh, carbonated soda and you're, <laughs> you're a rocket. Hey, man, it's good to be here. It really is. It's great to be in Hollister again. Always, always a good time here in Hollister. And so um, good to see all your smiling faces. Almost. I don't know. It's kind of dark in here. But uh, um, yeah, I, I want to see if people are sleeping or what they're doing out there. I, I can't see anything, man. I, you know, I mean, so you're full of food. I mean, that was kind of a giveaway. You know, hey, I'm full. Next thing is I'm snoring, you know. <laughs> That's why I buy them from the dollar store. <laughs> Amen. Let's have a word of prayer together, and then we'll, uh, we'll go into the word of the Lord and, and uh, just have a great time. Father, we just thank you, Lord, for your anointing. Thank you for your power and your strength. Thank you for your wonderful people, oh God. Uh, Lord, I know that every one of us uh, are, are here because of design. Every one of us are here because you want us here. And, and Father, we just uh, thank you for your uh, goodness and your kindness. And thank you for your drawing. And, and just your love to us is just so great and, uh, and uh, so uh, deep, oh God, we can't understand it most of the time. And Father, we're just asking you to just throw some light on our lives, throw some light on where we're going, throw some light on our walk. Throw some light on uh, a lot of the things that maybe is, uh, has been giving us uh, some, uh, some problems. And, and uh, Lord, let your power and your strength just manifest to us today. And God, cause there to be a real, real move of your spirit in every one of us. Every man, woman, and child that's in this building right now, we pray for in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. 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 Wow. You know, what... Uh, let me ask you a question. I ask this all the time. I've asked this question here probably 10 times at least. It has to be 10 times at, at least that. How many of you, if you died right this moment, God forbid, I mean, just so, like, <gasps> like your last breath, uh, where would you go? Ooh. Oh. Okay, then let me ask you this. How many of you are saved? How many of you, uh, you know, like if you died right now, you're, you, you, you ended up, you're going to end up in heaven. You, you, you know that. Come on, put your hands up high. Put your, I want everybody to look around and stare at people. Now, I'm not trying to make anybody, I'm, I'm not trying to make anybody uncomfortable, okay? If you don't have your hand up, tonight could be that night. I mean, tonight could be the night. I, I, I'll, I'll tell you about that. But uh, uh, look, look around. Come on, put your hands up again. Look around. Look around. I, w- I want everybody to catch, uh, catch this whole picture here. Look at how many people are saying, hey, I'm saved. If I died right now, I am on my way to heaven, man. There's no doubt about it in my mind. Amen? Amen? Okay, put your hands down. Let me ask you this. How many of you planned it? Look around. Look around. No, how many of you planned it? No, you didn't. Just put your hand up. Trust me on this, Ricky. Trust me. How many of you planned your salvation? How many of you put in your day timer or, uh, or, or your smartphone or uh, it went off, your iPad went off going, get saved, get saved, get saved. How many, how many of you just kind of planned that? No, we look around, there's nobody has their hand up. Here's the biggest decision that we've ever made in our life and we weren't even in on the meeting. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine that God just saw fit to, 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 to save us? Whether we were even conscious of it or not. I mean, we just ended up in the right place, the right time type of thing, you know, and here we are, you know. I'm standing there in a church service. They're asking people to raise their hands. They're saying there's seven people here that want to get touched by God, you know, and, 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 uh, and they're just, uh, they didn't want to come to the altar for some reason. So right there we are, lift your hand. I'm there, man. I'm a kid uh, in the Navy. I don't even know what's going on. I have no clue about eternal salvation. I have no clue about anything. 
And they're asking people to raise their hands, and I'm looking around going, wow, this is weird, man. I'm, I, this is a strange situation, you know. And so one, two, three, you know, and all of a sudden, here I am, four, you know, my hand is up. and wow, you know, I, I, I don't even know what I'm doing. I have no idea what's going on here. But when I walked out of that church, I walked out, man, going to heaven. Can you imagine that? I mean, and probably most of you have a lot of stories like this, too, where you just kind of showed up one day, weren't planning on changing your eternal destiny. But you didn't even know what it was anyway. And here you are. Here you are tonight, raising your hand. I'm going to heaven, man. I'm going to heaven, man. He's all excited about it and everything like that. We weren't even in the meeting. We didn't even know what was going to happen. And you look through the whole Bible, it's like that. I mean, people are just coming to the Lord, man, reaching through the crowd, grabbing people by the tails of their shirts and, and, and garments, you know, and ah! oh, getting healed and all. You know, stuff just freaking out. This is the God we serve. He is for us. And when he says, I am for you, if God be for you, who can be against you? He really means that. He really means that. He sees the predicament of man's life. And man, I'll tell you, just, you just give him a little bit of leeway and it happens. But here's the cap. Here's the, here's the cap. See, when I was in that church, man, and I'm standing there, and people are lifting their hands, you know, one, two, three, you know, and, and I, I'm, I'm four. And it, it, it's like an eternity now, you know, like, four. Ah. I can't get my hand on if I wanted to. I mean, it's up there, you know. The capper is something drew me to that decision. Whether I was conscious of it or not at the time, see, I really feel with all my heart that in the back of the church that day, when I was three raised their hand and I was the fourth one coming, that the Holy Spirit was doing this. <laughs> You're going down, man. Because no man can come unless he be drawn by the Spirit. See, that's how it is with God. Man, he, he, he gives us his spirit. He draws us by his spirit. Man, he was so conscientious about when he was leaving the earth, he left his spirit. See, let me, let me ask you a question. What motivates you in your life? What, what's your major motivation in life? Now, you don't have to shout any answers. I'm not looking for you to shout answers at me, okay? But I'm, what, I'm looking for you to think a little bit. What is my major motivation? What really gets me going, man? Is it worship? Is it God? You don't have to answer me, okay? You don't have to answer me. I want you to think now. I want you to put this in your mind. I want you to say, hey, uh, what, what, what's the thing that really moves me? What really moves me? What really, what, what really gets to me? Pizza? <sighs> Take that upper room thing, man. Look at that upper room thing, man. Here's, here's, here's all these people, 120 people in the upper room. 120 people made it to the meeting. 500 or so were invited. 500 or more were invited to that meeting. And 120 people showed up. Now, I don't know what happened to the 380 plus. Carburetor problems, I have no idea what that was. Or what excuse they could have used for not being there. But here's 120 in the upper room. They don't know what's going to happen. They have no idea what's going to take place. They just know they need to be there and something's going to take place. Peter, kind of the main guy over there, they're coming to Peter going... What do you think is going to happen, man? What do you think? What do you think? I don't know. I have the slightest idea. I mean, I don't know what's going to happen. Uh, let's just start uh, praying, you know. Uh, they didn't even have tongues then, so they actually had to pray in their own language, you know. Oh, God. Hey. Oh, hey. Praise the Lord. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, we're ready. Oh, pour it out. Pour it out. Come on. Bring it down. You know, I, mean, I don't know what they're doing. Day one goes by, you know. Day two comes in. Oh, Jesus, come on. Whoa, come on. Day three. Oh, God. Day four. That's when groaning started. Oh, oh. Day five. Oh, oh God. Oh, Jesus. Oh, God. Day six. Oh, come on, sister. Wake up. Come on. It's okay. We're going to keep going. Come on. We got to keep going. We got to break through. Break through. Break through what? I don't know. I don't know. Come on. Keep going. Day nine. Day nine goes by. They don't know what's going to happen. They're up there praying. That's kind of like our lives sometimes. We have no idea sometimes what's going to take place. But we need to keep going. And God, with all of His sovereignty and glory, provided a Holy Spirit to keep us moving. Spirit, the word spirit means motion. 
So we're talking about holy motion, man. This is what God intended for you and I, is to be full of motion, to be full of movement, to be full of forward movement. That's why he left the Spirit. Day 10 comes around. Oh, God. Can you imagine day 10? They're probably, they, they haven't been eating. They've been fasting all this time, Bruce. They're probably, that upper room is probably right over Tommy's Bakery or something, you know? Cinnamon buns every morning, cooking, you know, and they're all up there going, oh, God, I want to go downstairs. Oh, God, I want a bun. Give it all up for a donut. And there they are in the upper room, man. Ten days. All of a sudden, a wind starts. And it gets mighty. And the shutters on the window break open. And their hair. Oh, their beards are parting. Oh, you know, cloven tongues of fire come down from heaven. It's on top of They're all on fire, man. Oh, God. You know, now, let's regress just a second here. I'm not sure because I wasn't there. But I'm kind of thinking. What's your name? Angelo. Angelo. I'm kind of thinking that not one of the 120 looked at each other and says, you think this is it? <laughs> I think they all knew. Especially when they looked at each other and was going, yeah, they're talking in all kinds of languages, man. They were going, ah, 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 you know, and they went downstairs like drunk people. Ah, ah, staggering out of the building. Ah, 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 telling people about the gospel in their own language. This is astounding. Who did this? The Holy Spirit. You see, that's the Spirit that's residing in you and I today. That's the Spirit that when you raise your hand and says, yeah, I'm going to heaven, that's the Spirit that drew you and me. That same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead, the Bible goes as far as to say, dwells, lives in you and me. Oh, man. What a tremendous thing God has given us. So what motivates you? Do we yield to the Holy Spirit daily? Do we yield to what God wants us to do in our life? Or do we just kind of go on our merry way? Come on Sunday, come on Wednesday. Have a good time, go home. Criticize the preacher. I'm trying to, in my older age, man, I'm going to be 70 years old in less than two years. It's kind of scary. But when you get older, you start thinking about a lot of stuff. <laughs> Bob and I were talking about this. I used to see a pickup truck when I was going to church down in Long Beach, California. I was a young guy, 20s. I'd see on the back tailgate of the pickup truck. Every day I'd go by this truck. The hurrier I go, the behinder I get. I used to laugh at that sign, man. Then I hit my 40s, and I knew what it meant. I got the revelation. <laughs> Guys, I'll tell you something. We need to crank on more and more as we get older than we ever have before. We need to be motivated. How, how many of you need motivation every day to really kind of stay with the things of God? Come on, I'm, I'm, I'm talking, you know, this is reality I'm talking about. This isn't so people raising their hand going, yeah, I'm a dork, I don't, know, you know, I don't know how to do it. No, we know how to do things, we really do, we're not stupid people, but we need the influence of God's Holy Spirit on a daily basis in your and my life to really get it through. To really get, and it's designed that way. Because none of us are going to stand before God saying, I did it my way. That's just not going to happen. I better read some stuff. Maybe you better. You know, all the scripture, see, here's my, my contention. See, all the, every scripture in the Bible is able to knock the enemy for a loop. Every scripture in the Bible, every scripture in the Bible, I don't care if it's Jesus wept, that smallest one, man, boom, able to knock the enemy right out. But let me tell you this, the only scriptures that will knock the enemy out when it comes to you and my life is the scriptures that you and I allowed the Holy Spirit 
to make real to us. Make it come alive. Become real to us and, and take ownership of those scriptures. Take ownership of those scriptures. We hear a scripture like, many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers them out of them all. You take ownership to a scripture like that. Money, I'll tell you something. You've got victory. You've got victory. A just man can fall seven times, but he'll rise right back up again. And when you're on your way down and thinking, this is the last stand you're ever going to take for God, man. Boom, all of a sudden, that scripture comes alive. Boom, we're up on our feet again. Because that scripture is life to you and I. That's what it is. Uh, you know, every scripture, every scripture can, can, can beat the devil up. But it comes to personal things in our life. We need to own the scripture. We need to allow the Holy Spirit to breed the truth of God into your and my life. And know that this is what's motivating us. The thing that's motivating me is not the fact that I memorized this Bible verse. The thing that's motivating me is I'm allowing the Holy Spirit right now to make this thing living in me. Or I know that let God be true and every man a liar. Hmm? Now, we're either motivated by one or two things. I'm motivated by it. I break it down. You know, I, I, you know, a lot of things can motivate you I mean, in your life. But I break it down to this. We're either motivated by the truth or we're motivated by the lie. And both of them are real as could be. When the devil said, when, when, or when, when the scripture says this, the scripture says, the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. What do you think he's talking about there? What do you think he's trying to steal, kill, and destroy? He's trying to steal, kill, and destroy the truth in you and I. He wants to remove the truth. Why? Because he's a liar. Amen. He's the father of lies. You need a good lie, he'll manufacture one for you right there. Your own personal lie where you can look at other people and say this, nobody understands what I'm going through. Because he made it personal for you. That's how the devil is. But God, on the other hand, he's the God of truth. Ye shall know the truth. And it's not the truth shall set you free. The truth will make you free. Wow. I mean, that's a big thing. The truth will make you free. Are you guys understanding what I'm saying, or should I go back and start this over again? Are we, are we good? Are we good? I don't have to go to the upper room thing again, do I? Yeah, because I, I missed the part in the upper room where uh, suppose the 10 days came and nothing happened and there was a knock on the door. And all the 120 looked up and Peter went and answered the door. Who is it? <laughs> Dominoes. Oh, we'd be worshiping pizza today. That's what we'd be doing. Thank God he showed up, huh? Thank God God shows up. You know, and sometimes it's just not when we think he should. When he says, and suddenly he came, or immediately, his suddenlies and immediates aren't mine. They just are not mine. <laughs> Woo. Amen. Let, let's, let's look at something. I, I want you to go to Exodus chapter 19. You have your Bibles with you. Exodus chapter 19. I'll re read a couple verses of Scripture for you uh, here. This is a great story, Exodus chapter 9. This is where they're, they're, they're about ready to cross the sea, you know, and, and, uh, uh, but they're in a dilemma. They have a real dilemma going on here, and, and, and something, something has to uh, motivate Moses to do the right thing because, because a lot of things could happen here, okay? I, 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 as I look at this and put myself in the place of these people and maybe even put myself in a leadership position, maybe standing next to Moses or something in some leadership position, what would be my testimony or what would be my uh, 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 interaction with Moses and would it be a positive interaction or would it be a negative interaction at this particular point? You know, because there's nothing they could do. There's nothing they can do. Now, they're standing here and the sea is right there in front of them. 
There's the sea right there in front of them. And when they turn around, here comes the enemy galloping. You see the dust of the enemy with their chariots and horses and people running with, uh, with spears and swords. And they're coming at them this way. You look on the, uh, on the, on the right-hand side, and there's a mountain range over there. And you look on the left, and there's a mountain range over there. And so there's nowhere to go. They're in this whoop little valley with the water in front of them, the enemy behind, mountains on both sides. There's nowhere to go. There's nothing to do in the natural that's going to save these guys. Nothing. They can't turn around and say, let's fight. We got uh, some hay. <laughs> they don't have anything to fight with. They can't even make that kind of decision. I, I mean, somebody might have thought, you know what, Moses? I mean, we're in a real bad place. Here I am as leadership. Moses, we're, we're really, really had some problem here, okay? Uh, you know, if Houston was around, we'd be saying that. That would be saying, you know, Houston, we have a problem. Because that we do. We have a very, very bad problem here. Are you leaving, Norm? God, man. Could at least wait at the break in the story, man. Jeez. Now everybody's afraid to get up. Now, see. I'd say, you know, I, I, I imagine that somebody said along the line, you know what? Heather. I don't know if they had name tags there back then. I'm not sure. Heather, uh, I, I think we should just give it up. I mean, you know, Egypt wasn't that bad. <laughs> it really wasn't. I mean, you know, we made a few bricks and stuff like that. You know, get hit a couple of times. But, you know, we actually had a place to stay. You know, it was, you know, it was kind of safe because, you know, the Egyptians, even though they were kind of our enemies and everything like that, you know, they kind of took care of us. You know, we were, you know it wasn't great, you know, but, hey, uh, it was something. You know, we're, we're so quick to want to go back into bondage. For some reason, we, we, we make that decision. You know why? Because it's the easy decision. It would have been easy for them to say, why don't we just give up? Why don't we just say to Pharaoh, hey, get a flag, white. Everybody, everybody wave. Kumbaya, kumbaya. Everybody wave something. <laughs> Come on, guys. It would have been so easy for them to give up. But something motivated the children of Israel. Something motivated Moses to put his staff in the water. And when he did that, you saw the movie? Woo! It was awesome! Man, water started rolling back. Man, whoo, people are starting to walk. Uh, uh, the enemy's coming, you know, and people are starting to walk. It's dry ground. It's not even muddy. It's dry ground, it said. And they're walking. Now, can you imagine walking through this valley of water on both sides? And you know, there's sharks in there swimming by. You can see them. Little kids are putting their hands. Don't put your hands there. Don't touch it. Don't touch it. I mean, there's problems still going through this thing, you know. It's not all just peaches and cream walking through. Hey, let's go through, man. No, there's oh, stuff happening around them. They're wondering, is it going to cave? Is it going to cave? I mean, come on, you know, you'd be thinking these things. I would be. I can't see the other end. I don't know. Freaking out. People freaking out. You know, come on. They walk through. And here's where we pick this up. Look at this. Chapter 19 of Exodus. This, this, this is a, a tremendous portion of Scripture. I love this portion of Scripture. Listen to this. And Moses went up, verse 3 of chapter 19 of Exodus. And Moses went up to God, and the Lord called to him from the mountain, saying, Thus you shall say to the house of Jacob, and tell the children of Israel. I want you to tell the children of Israel. I want you to say this to the house of Jacob. I want you to tell them this. You have seen, listen to what God says, You have seen what I did to the Egyptians. This was after it was over. This was after they got to the other side. They were looking. The Egyptian army was pursuing them. All the wheels happened to fall off their chariots. I don't know if they heard a Les Schwab or not. I have no idea. But they fell off. And it's kind of a coinky dinky that every wheel just happened to fall off at the same time. I mean, I could see one wheel hitting somebody in the head or something like that, you know, and, oh, we lost old Bill, you know, he got hit in the head with a wheel. You know, no, no, but they all fell off. Welcome back. Rewind. 
they all fell off. And then, to put salt in the wound, the sea started closing again. Can you imagine the Egyptians going, I don't need this now, man. <laughs> you know, just the things that we say all the time. We say this stuff all the time, man. And the sea closed in on them, and all of a sudden, there's bloated bodies floating up on the beach, and the Israel standing there going, Whoa. It's weird, man. Ooh. Hey, that guy hit me once. And then he says this, listen, 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 this, this, I, I said all that. You have seen what I did to the Egyptians. But listen to what God says he wants him to tell. And how I bore you on eagle's wings and brought you to myself. Listen to this now, okay? The motivation of heaven at this time was not, was not to get them away from the enemy. Come on. I mean, he delivered them from the enemy. But that wasn't his motivation. His motivation was this. I bore you on eagle's wings so that you know that I'm bringing you to me. See, see when, we, when we go through these things in God, uh, if you really want to test this theory, when you're being drawn by the Holy Spirit, He's drawing you to God. Somehow you're getting to God where you couldn't get to God before. Somehow the impossibility that's in your life right now is being broken down and you are being carried on eagle's wings to God. And the enemy and the plague and the thing that's been hassling you and, and, and pursuing you and following you maybe all of your life. 400 years of bondage, that's a long time. The thing that's been pursuing you is now drowned and out of the picture. And you're standing there in the presence of God. This is a good thing. I mean, this Bible is a good thing. Wow, how oh, I bore you on eagle's wing. Not only does he say that, I mean, come on. Not only does he say that, I don't care what was going through the minds of the people at that time. They couldn't all be, all be thinking the same thing. Wow, this is great. No, I mean, I have some questions about a lot of stuff, man. I still question a lot of stuff. Now, therefore, he says, if you will indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant... Then you shall be a special treasure to me above all people. For all the earth is mine, God says. Man, listen to what he's telling them here. Listen to what he's saying to them here. And you shall be to me, listen to this, what God says. You shall be to me a kingdom, a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words which you shall speak to the children of Israel. That's some powerful stuff. For some, for some people, just a little while before this, who had nowhere to go and didn't know how they were going to get out of the predicament they were in and couldn't find a solution, any way to get out, and now God has given them everything. And how can we doubt this? How could we doubt those of you that put up your hands and me that put up my hand and says, I'm going to heaven when I die. I know this for sure. I didn't plan it, but I know this for sure. How do I get by the fact of a, of a God who can bring me to that kind of decision without me even knowing that this was going to happen? How could he not take the rest of my life and plan it perfectly? whether I know what he's doing or not. How could he not take my life and do it at what he wants? And me coming to the end of my life, being led by the Spirit of God, and standing before God and not really doing a whole lot on my own, for him to look me in the face and say, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many. 
This is the God we're talking about here. This is the motivator. This is, this is the one who left his spirit so you and I could stand before him and hear these things. Proclaim them. Embrace them while we live on this earth. Whew. Am I making sense? You guys are looking at me like a billboard. I have to finish this introduction. Matthew 16, verses 15 through 19. Let me, let me go there real quickly. Matthew 6, verses 15. Then we'll be finished with the introduction after this scripture. And we'll get on with the preaching. I'm scaring some of you. I know I am. But uh, some of you are going to go for it. All I need is two. That's what it says, two or more, and we're on our way. <laughs> See, that's good to know the Bible. Okay, let's go into, into Matthew chapter 16 and verse 13. When Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? Who are people saying that I am? Because they're down in the marketplace. They're the ones who's buying food and come back up and bringing it in, rubbing elbows with all the people down there, you know. And, and, and who, do, who do men say that I am? And they said, look, 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 I want you to see the wording here. And they said, everybody had something to say, okay? They said, all of them, all the disciples had something to say. Some say you're John the Baptist, some say you're Elijah, others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. Which is, which is really a high compliment. I mean, I, you know, I don't mind people saying, you know what, you're just like, you're just like Isaiah, man. I look at him and go, shut up. You know, I mean, you know, I, that's a high compliment, man. That's, you know, John the Baptist. I mean, these are great men of God. These are great people, great prophets, uh, uh, people who made a difference in their generation. And this is what they were classifying Jesus as, a great man. But Jesus was asking this question for a reason, just like he'll ask you and I. What motivates us? He says, but who do you say that I am? Oh, who do you say that I am? Now they're all saying, remember just a little while ago, and they said, they're all going, you take it. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. I don't know why they all didn't jump in and say this. I don't know why they, uh, they all didn't do this. They were all close to him. They were all called by him. But it says, Simon Peter answered. Simon the impetuous one, he answered. And he said, you're the Christ. You're the son of the living God. See, something was real in Peter that built up a confidence that he knew exactly who he was talking to. He knew exact, the exact answer. The other guys are standing around looking, at, and when Peter said it, you know, they, they come up with, you know, I knew that, I knew that, I knew that, I knew that. But Jesus said this, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona. Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, man. Listen to what he says here. For flesh and blood has not revealed this unto you, but my Father who is in heaven showed you that. You couldn't pick that up on your own, Peter. You didn't just blurt out an answer from your mind. You gave me an answer from your heart because your heart was moved on by somebody. Somebody motivated your heart. Somebody made it real to you. Somebody made it real to you. And I want to tell you something. You got this truth in your, in your life. Nothing can move you. You got things in your life like, I will never leave you and I'll never forsake you. You got a leg to stand on. You got a couple legs to stand on. Wow, man, blessed are you, Simon Barjona. Then he says this. He says, my father in heaven showed you that. And Jesus goes on here. He just jumps in. And the guys are standing there listening to all this. And I also say that you are Peter. On this rock I'll build my church and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. And I shall give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatsoever you shall bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatsoever you loose on earth will be loosened. Man, there's a lot of ands in there. Man, when God starts adding ands to you in my life, buddy, I'll tell you, that's a good thing. Man, Peter's standing there going, wow, <laughs> that was a, I guess that was right. <laughs> <You know? laughs> 
man, it was like it was like spinning the wheel and coming on the trip to Tahiti, you know? I mean, it was big. Get in the car. Wow. Man, this is great. You know, let, let me, let me, uh, we're talking about motivation. We're talking about really what motivates us. And, and, and the thing I want us to go away from this meeting with is the fact that how much am I really allowing God's Holy Spirit to have influence in my life on a daily basis? I mean, it, it could be things like you're walking through a mall. We got malls up, uh, up in the Sacramento area, you know, and uh, I realize they're probably scarce in Hollister, right? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I should use another, another. Target. Oh, there we go. <laughs> what would we do without Target? Go to Walmart, I guess. I don't know. Uh, we're walking through Target. And we're looking for soup. I don't know. Anything. But the Holy Spirit sashays up next to you and goes, see that guy? talk to him he doesn't even tell you what to do i mean he just talk to him i mean just a simple hello might open up this guy to who knows what i remember i remember walking away from a guy he was a welder i was working on the job there in a, in a huge tool company and i'm walking away from the uh, talking to him you know and he went back to his welding and i'm walking down the aisle uh, going back to my workbench back to my, my shop and all of a sudden the holy spirit says whoa you forgot to tell him about me. Oh. I go back. He's welding. I tap him on the shoulder. Shuts the torch off. Pulls his helmet back. What'd you forget? Forgot to tell you about Jesus. Want to accept him? Yeah, okay. <laughs> go figure, man. Go figure that that would happen, you know? Jesus hit me with the torch. Well, I burned my face off. No, no, he did. He was, he was there. Grocery checker, same thing. Serene music in the store at three o'clock in the afternoon. Nobody around. Holy Spirit moves. Why don't you go and tell her? Have her pray with you. Have her accept me into, my, into, into her heart. You know, I look. I don't have a track, Lord. I don't have a track. You don't need a track. Just go over there and talk to her. I walk over back to the counter. You know, you're kind of reluctant to do these things. You know, because you're thinking maybe this is something I ate last night that's repeating on me here. Sometimes the Holy Spirit comes at inopportune times, Bruce. I mean, it's not like we're always ready. And so you walk over and I say to her, uh, Hi. Hi again. What'd you forget? Would you pray and ask Jesus into your heart right now? And she looks at me and says, Yeah, yeah, I will. Go figure. Go figure. Hundreds of experiences like this I've had through my 48 years of serving God. Sometimes with groups of people. Sometimes 20 people, 30 people. Receiving Jesus at the same time. Just because you're aware that the Holy Spirit could change the course of your direction and motivate you to something that you would not do in the natural. You would not walk up to a car club. Guys who are wearing jackets and they're all got the same jackets on there with these shiny red bright jackets and, and walk up and go, let me tell you about the Lord Jesus. Okay? <laughs> what do you think? And then the guy looks at me. There's like five of them there. And the guy looks at me and he says, would you wait here for just a few moments? Yeah? Okay. I'm already awkward. You know, I mean. Okay. He walks away. Him and the five, they all go different directions. I'm standing there. I'm thinking, my, here's my thought patterns. My thought patterns. Oh, this is great, man. No, my thought pattern is. They're probably standing behind different booths around here laughing at me. Because it's, like it's like a carnival area down there in, the, in, in Long Beach, this big carnival that's open uh, uh, you know, all year long. And I'm thinking, they're probably just laughing, just having a get a kick out of this. They've got the guy standing over there, man, a handful of tracks. <laughs> looking, wondering what's going on. All of a sudden, about five minutes goes by. 
And they come back, there's about 20 to 25 of them now. And the guy that ran off and said something to me, says, wait here, he says to me, if one of us hears it, we all have to hear it. And I preached the gospel to them, and they all bowed their head, every one of them, and asked Jesus into their life. Every one of them. Come on, come on. I mean, this, this is... The first two people I ever witnessed to in my life, the first two people. I'm down in, the, uh, down in this, this, this area. I'm passing out tracks, you know, like a Las Vegas dealer. How many went to? When you went to three, one, one, one. You know, I'm, I'm just passing out tracks, you know. I, and, and all of a sudden, the Lord speaks and says, uh, you need to talk to somebody. You need to tell them about me. I mean, that motivation of the Holy Spirit. I mean, oh, okay. So I see two guys coming up. This, uh, I'm about 20 years old at the time. I see two guys walking up the, 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 the stairs, and I'm thinking, this is perfect. They're about my age, about my height, my weight, and everything, you know? Of course, I was about 60 pounds at that time, yeah. But uh, they're coming up, and I, I say to them, excuse me. And they both look at me. I say, would you like to accept Jesus into your heart as your Savior? And they both looked at each other like this. And they looked at me, and they signed me. I said, great this is great like i'm going to do this you know i don't know that you know? i want to talk to you you know i don't know what am i going to do here somehow somehow even unbeknown to me today both those guys signed the sinner's prayer for me Incredible. I mean, I, I, I've had people like vampires. I, I picked somebody to, to witness to, and, and one guy was like a vampire. He come over. I, I started talking to him. I says, pray with me, will you? He hasn't spoken to me. He's just nodding his head. I say, come on, I want you to pray and ask Christ into your life, would you? This is up in Hollywood and Vine in, in Hollywood. And he, he, he looks at me, and I say, let's bow our heads. And I say, say, dear Jesus. And he, he goes like this. Dear Jesus. <laughs> oh, man, I got to tell him to wash me in his blood. He's going to freak out on the blood. I could tell that right now. Wash me in your blood. I mean, he was like a vampire, this guy's talking, you know? But he received Jesus. I mean, come on. He prayed. Saved vampire. Anyway, dozens and dozens and dozens of stories like this of the leading of the Holy Spirit where, where you, you actually, you, you don't know what's going to happen. You don't know what's going to happen. But God comes through every time. Every time. And we need to have that kind of motivation. Everybody raise their hands and say, I need motivation daily. I need motivation. I'm not going to just jump out of my house and go, witness the people. Tell them all about God. Man, I need something moving me. I need the holy motion of God moving me. And then, all of a sudden, the testimonies start rolling in. And the reality of God starts rolling in. And what God can do starts rolling. And pretty soon, man, you're praying and people are getting healed. When we went back to 9-11, man, there was astounding things that happened. Astounding things that happened. People receiving Jesus. P a police officer were on duty, crying and weeping with their hands in the air, asking Christ to come into their life. Just take advantage of the opportunity that God gives us. That opportunity to minister to people. I guess I'm coming to the end right here. I guess that's, the introduction is going to probably be it. But let me give you just a couple things. You know, I looked up the word motivation. You kind of get a kick out of this. I know I did. I look at the word motivation, and it's a state or condition of being motivated. <laughs> I, thought, I thought, great, man, I'm getting a lot out of that. That's, a, that's, a, that's very, very powerful, very powerful. And then I looked up the word motivate. <laughs> I thought, well, let's go a little further. And it says, to provide with the motive. I thought, this is really getting exciting now, man. Wow. Man, I'm starting to sweat. Whoa. So I looked up the word motive. This is my last shot. Motive. Next thing was looking up the letter M. 
And then all of a sudden things started un- unfolding. Motive. What is a motive? It's something that prompts a person to act in a certain way. Something that prompts a person to act in a certain way. Like Isaiah 55, verses 10 through 13. The word of the Lord. You know, wow. Kind of things like, my thoughts aren't your thoughts, your ways aren't my ways, saith the Lord. You know, and, uh, you, know, uh, uh, you know, preaching, I find out, does three things. Either one of three things to people. It makes them sad, glad, or mad. I'm shooting for glad. I really am. Shooting for glad. The other stuff, I'm not shooting for those two. He's saying here that that which prompts a person to act in a certain way. Number two thing is this, that which determines the incentive. That's what determine, it determines the incentive of a person's life. That's what motive does. We need motivation in our life. I need my incentive uh, determined for me. There are certain things, even things of God, that I just don't have the incentive to do. As grand as it is, and I'll, I'll, I'll confess to you, I don't want to jump around the, the, the country prophesying over people. Now, that sounds like a negative, but it's not. You're talking about the voice of God here. You're talking about directing people's lives through God. I do it. But it's something that has to be prompted by the Spirit, and I know that. I know that. I've got to get something from God. Of course, I grew up in a church that, when I was leading worship, I was a worship leader down in Community Chapel in Long Beach, and I'd be standing behind the pulpit, you know, leading worship, and the pastor would come up, and, and, and Bruce, come, come up come up for a second, okay? I, I, I'm not going to do anything goofy with you, but I just want you to turn around this way, okay? Now, I'll be the pastor. Now, now Esther Mallett was my pastor, a woman pastor, okay? And this is me leading worship, okay? And Esther would come back and she'd, 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 she'd go like this. She'd, she'd grab a hold of me and she'd, she'd talk to me. She'd just talk to me. Now there's 400 or so people out there and they're thinking that I'm getting some great spiritual message from the pastor into my ear, you know. And what she's saying to me is this. I want you to prophesy when the praise subsides. If you try to back up and give me the service, you'll feel my high heel shoe in the middle of your back, and I'm going to kick you back out to the pulpit. And I really mean that. So you prophesy. You get a word from God tonight, and you prophesy to these people. Thank you. And I'm standing there going, Oh, God, yeah! Like, I want to be here! And sure enough, man, when the praise subsided, that was a word. So see, when you have these experiences, it's, it's just, you know the Holy Spirit's real. You know that you're not doing this, man. You're not doing this. The Holy Spirit's real. That which determines the incentive. Acts 17, verse 28, listen to this. In Him we live and move and have our very being. This is, this is big stuff. Number three thing was that which determines the choice or moves the will. Man, if there's anything that needs to be moved in my life, it's my will. I got a strong will. <laughs> you ask my mother. She birthed me. I didn't want to come out. No. I like it in the womb. It ought to be. And my will was birthed that day, as well as yours was too, so. We have our own will. Man, I found out, I I find that out every day. I need the will of God. I need God's will in my life. And God's will isn't that complicated for us. God's will breaks down to, and I I talked to the youth last night, do what's right. I, 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 did something, I did something like this. You're walking across the church and there's something laying on the floor. The wrong thing would be, I didn't put it there. It's not mine. I don't know where that came from. I hope somebody comes and picks it up. No, that's the wrong thing. The total wrong thing. The right thing to do is go, whoa. That's the, right, that's a, that's the will. That's not, I, I just went against my will and did what was right. Oops. Again, 
Again. Again. It just keeps going. (laughs) Thanks, brother. Do you understand what I'm saying? It doesn't have to be this astronomical thing. It's something that you're going to do that's right. Purpose in your life to do something right every day. Allow God's Spirit to anoint you. and Maybe the Spirit will say things like, your garbage can is really stinking right now. It probably needs to be taken out. <laughs> Wouldn't you think? Well, I, I think there's still room in there. Come on, guys. We just need to listen to the voice of God. We need to listen to what He's saying to us. We need motivation. We need to be motivated. Number, number, four, or, uh, uh, number four thing is, uh, or, or, or uh, actually, under, number three, if you're taking some notes, Luke 19, verses 1 through 10, is Zacchaeus, the story of Zacchaeus, coming out of that sycamore tree. He didn't have to. He did. He came down and did what was right. Wow. Number four thing is to stir up. To stir up. My daughter... My daughter got a brand new washing machine. I went up there uh, to, to Washington State. She got this brand new washing machine. It's this huge, huge washing machine. You can wash like your house in it. It's big. And I'm looking in this washing machine, and she says, Dad, let me put the clothes in for you, because you have to put them in a certain way. You don't just drop them in the, in the washing machine. No, no, no. You, gotta, you see this little button in the middle? I said, yeah, I was wondering about that, Sherry. I mean... Mine has an agitator, you know. You know, I'm I'm kind of used to. You know, I I don't know what that button is. Well, you have to put the clothes around the button because it's a, a you know, some kind of a saving machine. It saves everything. And I'm looking at it. And she puts the clothes around the uh, around this thing, and it's, there's nothing there's nothing to agitate it. What does that ball do? Laser it? Get it clean? I don't know what that ball does. So she turns it on, and that's it, and I hear the water. It sounds like the machine's sick. It's not that. My old washer at home, that baby's running. Oh, yeah. It's bouncing off the wall. It's going now, man. You know, agitation, agitation isn't bad. Agitation is cleansing to you and I. That little thing in the middle of the washer, without that little thing to me, you're just throwing your clothes in there, they're getting wet, and you're coming back out again, and there's nothing changed. You ever felt the Holy Spirit? Maybe right by the top of the head? Okay. See, God does not make us go against our will, but he... Makes us willing to go sometimes. Anyway, think about that. It'll hit you later. Agitation, to stir up, to stir up. How about to spur on, to spur on? Next time you see a horse, I know you're, you know this. Ask him, why the long face? Nine on, what's that? Oh, yeah, Esther's high heel. That was another thing. That was, that was an agitator right there. To spur on. To spur on. Wow. Nine out of ten horses in their right mind will tell you, you want to know why I have a long face? Do you want to know why I look the way I do? Spurs, man. Spurs. You ever have somebody jump on your back and dig something into your sides to make you go faster? Have you? Well, you give me five minutes with the guy who invented spurs, and these hoofs will become clubs. Any good horse will tell you that. Spurs, they're only made for one thing, for that horse. They're not for, maybe they're good at gunfights because they kind of add to the drama. Chink, 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 chink. Town's only big enough for me. Uh-huh. Or you can't sneak up on Indians with them. Spurs. To spur on. Whoa. How about this one? To encourage. I knew that was going to be in there. To incite a riot. Means to encourage a riot. Somebody encouraged it. 
See, we need motivation. These, the, all these things. I need incentive. I need encouragement. I need to be spurred on. I need to be stirred up. I need All these things are irrelevant in my life. When I raise my hand and say, I need motivation, I'm talking about these things here. I'm not talking about just a little movement to get off the couch to go to the refrigerator. Wow, man, I moved. You don't know how much running I do when I play that PlayStation 3 of mine. I run through the whole Mojave wasteland, man. I'm tired at the end of the day. I'm sitting on the recliner looking at a big screen TV with controls. Oh, that's moving me. Encouraging. And number seven thing, the last one, and we'll close with this. To animate. Listen to this, to animate. That means to give life to or make something alive that really isn't. Animate. I told you that story once before about Mickey Mouse. I know I told you the Mickey Mouse story. Remember that one? The Mickey Mouse story is where Walt Disney was sitting there. I don't know, he's a messenger or something like that, and he's fooling around one day, and he drives this stick body mouse, you know, and stuff like that, you know, and he goes, <laughs> he laughs. He says, that's good. That's so cute, man. That's cool. That's cool. So he takes the next page of his paper, and he drives another mouse, and then he drives another one on the next one. Next one. He, he keeps drawing these mice. And then he flips the pages, and the mouse just goes. And Mickey is born. Mickey, who has worlds named after him, and, and, and lands. Walt Disney's been dead for over 25 years, and he still makes more money than me and you. Because of. doesn't seem right he brought something to life just like God brings something to life I'll tell you something we are value in the hands of God and the impact that we make in this earth far after we are gone from this earth will go on if we become influenced by the Holy Spirit it'll never die because the Holy Spirit is eternal. And the things that He does in our lives are eternal. Amen? Well, I've blown most of it. I still have a half a page here and the whole page of number two, but I'll have to do that another time. You'll have to come back for part two. Will you stand with me, please? Motivation of the Holy Spirit. I, I want us to just bow our heads for just a few moments here in the church before we close and we'll go on our way. But I want us to just become personal right now with, with God. Uh, we're not worried about anybody else. Well, I'm, not, I'm not thinking so-and-so should have been here to hear this message because this was good for them. No, it was good for me. Uh I'm going to ask you to raise both your hands and surrender. Now, don't do it uh, until I tell you why. I want you to lift up both your hands and surrender and, and, and say to God something like, uh, God, I, I'm going to look every day now for that motivation. I'm, I'm going to look for that, 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 that motive of something that is going to bring you glory from my life today. And I'm going to look for it every day. I, I, I may not even be conscious. I might not even pray that in the morning. I might not. But I'm, I, I'm going, I want to be so aware of your presence and so aware of your spirit in my life and so aware of why you left the Holy Spirit with me and so aware of the, the, the moving power of the Holy Ghost in my life that every day, whether I'm walking through Target or wherever it is, I'm going to, it's going to come to my mind. I want the Holy Spirit to come to my mind and say, look for the opportunity. Look for the opportunity because there's always one there I have a hard time believing that we can go into a store that has 200 people in it looking for a Snickers bar and that's all we're going to get out of the deal that and 280 calories so I want you to 
Lift your hands and say, uh, just to speak to God today, and say, God, I, I'm looking for your motivation. I really am. I lifted my hand saying, I need motivation every day, and it was every day that, that, that it was said. And I'm lifting my hands to get that godly motivation. I, I really want to have, have the awareness in my life. Now, only do this if you're, if you're, if you're, if you're asking God to do this. Don't, don't just do it because I'm saying to do it because that's not the purpose. Lift your hands and say, God, I'm, I'm asking. I, I'm putting my hands up too. I'm not showing you how to do it. I need motivation every day. I need motivation. Father, you see our hands raised right now. You see so many hands up in this building right now. God, we have just about every person in this building has their hands lifted up. I'm asking you right now, God, that you just make us aware that, that Father, even during this time of, of bike, uh, uh, this bike time down here where there's going to be a lot of people in town that, uh, that are here and the purpose that they're here might not be for the rally, but it might be to hear one of us. It might be to hear what we have to say. It might be to hear our testimony. It might be to us to walk up to them and give them a, a pamphlet of paper and say, I'd like to introduce you to a friend of mine. His name is Jesus. God, something as corny as that could change the eternal destiny of an individual, Father, that comes biking in from Arizona to this situation or wherever they come from. God, I'm asking you right now, you see our hands that are raised. Right now, guys, I want you to be verbal to the Lord. I want you to ask the Lord. I want you to ask the Lord for yourself. Don't let me ask Him for you. Ask the Lord yourself. God, make me aware. God, God, quicken me. God, stir me. God, encourage me. God, spur me on. God, change my incentive. God, motivate me. God, motivate me toward what do you want me to do every day, oh God. Let me do something that's right every day. Don't let a day go by, oh God, that I don't do something that's right. Something that's influenced by your spirit. No matter how small or how great it is. Let your spirit be involved in my life, Father. We pray and we ask this in Jesus' name. And everyone said with a mighty voice, Amen! Hallelujah. Thank you, God.